2: Harpoon Celtic Ale, your favorite Irish-style red. Ooh, is that what you're drinking? Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's good. I good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am keeping things in the UK uh, myself by drinking Newcastle. Okay. Oh yeah. KGB Radio, episode 24, official podcast of knowngriefers.com. That's how we're starting this tonight. My name is Rock. What? (laughs) I said I'm over it. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) My name is Rock, (laughs) host. Uh, Joining me tonight, Chris Linnendal.
3: Hey, is this the golf course? Do you have 10-pound balls? No?
2: Shifty eyes.
3: How do you walk?
2: (laughs) Chris is watching Aqua (laughs) Teen Hunger Force, apparently. Uh, Also joining me tonight, Mr. Pat Ronk. And uh returning uh returning guest, Mr. TJ Turner. TJ, how's it going? Do you guys know where the weight room is? <laughs> yes, it's over there. I'm pointing, but you know. So uh Hey Rock, hey, hey Rock. Rock, what's up? Hey, hey, what's going Chicken on, man? Blood.
0: <laughs> you ever
2: hear that one? Oh man.
3: Oh you yeah. got me. Oh
4: this hurts.
2: You got me.
3: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, that was that was classic <laughs> classic humor right there. And I bet our listeners are just just fell out of their chairs with that one. They're rocking all over the place. They're just laughing. Laughter. So uh we uh we, we, we talk about video games that we played, right, Chris? Did you, you I know you played video games, yeah?
3: Yeah, Ooh. but why don't we just skip me and then go to everybody else, cause I'm sure we'll end up talking about my game most.
2: Well Alright. Hey Pat. <laughs> did you uh hey. did you, hey hey, did you uh <laughs> did you play games? Uh yeah,
1: I played a couple. Not for very long though. No. Oh yeah? Like what? Well, uh, let's see. I, I traded in games and ended up with like a bunch of credit, and, and picked up. I paid off my Mass Effect three pre order, then I uh, paid off Assassin's Creed two just so I don't have to worry about the future, and I ended up having enough. Oh wow! Well,
3: so you went back in the past and pre ordered Assassin's Creed two? Fuck you! You know You're what I mean?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that I'll stick. I'll stick with that. Uh, I. And I had enough left over to get Resident Evil Revelations for 3DS.
2: Ooh!
1: Uh, I think I'm sure humor tumor has mentioned plenty, and I think we have a review of it.
2: Yeah, on the yeah, site, he, he right? did the review
1: for us. Um, I've only played probably like an hour or so because it's it's only I usually only play that thing when I'm on the toilet, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's really good. Uh, that's it's actually one of the it, it's very tense all the time. Like I'm always I'm not it's not scary, but I always imagine something's gonna pop out at me. And it hasn't really happened, but they just have that just that kind of atmosphere.
2: I I will say that um you know, like I especially after reading Humor Tumor's review, um Resident Evil Revelations was the game that made me go like, holy fuck, like three DS yeah, like after reading that and yeah. looking at screenshots and stuff, I was, I, I was you know, considering picking one up. I was like, damn, this looks fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it
1: seems really good so far. Um, I also had enough to... I'm going to get one of those Circle Pad Plus things, which it works with Resident Evil. I'm not sure really how... It's probably not that necessary, but I plan on picking up... Uh, they released... Metal Gear, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Three for 3DS. Yeah, so I want to pick that up. I've never played it. I've only played Metal Gear Solid, and that was like twelve years ago. But I really like that, so I don't know. I'll skip two,
2: just go right to the third. Uh, I heard that they're also going to be doing um, a uh, Resident Evil HD Collection for the uh, PS Vita later in the year as well. Oh, so, cool! But oh. I mean, like at that point, like like you know. I- I, I think that 3D kind of has an edge on that, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, there was another, there's another like PS Vita. Oh, oh, it's the Final Fantasy VII thing, right? Or is it ten. ten, ten? They're releasing ten for Vita, but it's also going to be a PlayStation Three like downloadable. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, they're they're basically just just um doing what they what you know a lot of companies have been doing and basically just uh like upraising it to HD. Um, but yeah, I believe that's just going to be a PSN download for either Vita or PS3. It'll be on both.
1: Okay. And but the Resident Evil thing is strictly Vita, as far as you know.
2: Or... You mean uh, Metal Gear Solid? Did you say Resident Evil Collection or Metal God Gear? Damn it! Pat. I, I thought I said wow. Metal Gear, but I could be wrong. I've been drinking. Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. It, it, the, the correct answer is Metal Gear. They're they're doing the Metal Gear HD Collection for PS Vita.
1: Oh, okay. I th- Oh cuz that was already out for like that's on for PlayStation 3. Yeah. Just it doesn't have Metal Gear Solid like the first one.
2: Yeah, it's got what? It's got 2 3 and what? Peace Walker? Peace Walker? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like Metal Gear so yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I it's it's okay.
1: Like it can get kind of dramatic. I think that's why I never got into the second one, but uh the third one seemed like it was supposed to be pretty good and I, I have the fourth and I never played it I should probably just get rid of that
2: <laughs> I like my, my biggest thing is that uh, I, like me primarily being um, you know like 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 an RPG player I I, I very much enjoy player agency and um, the idea that there are you know multiple ways to complete different objectives and uh, mm-hmm. Which is why I like you know, the Elder Scrolls and, and Mass Effect and stuff like that so much. And um, it, seemed, it, like, it always seems to me that, in, at least in, in the, the you know, couple of Metal Gear games that I've played, there's really only one right way to do stuff, uh, for the most part. And if you don't do that, like, you've, you've done fucked up.
1: Yeah, it's more like just whatever order you want to take out guards in. Yeah. that's pretty much your choice.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, hey, there's, there's a way to do, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to do this, and if you don't do that, then, like, it's gonna be really hard. And, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Like, don't... Yeah, don't... I like, I like
4: multiple approaches to things.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, don't force me to try to figure out the one right way to do this. Like, I hate games that do that.
4: It's kind of like Portal. Ugh. Yeah, like there I mean I I think there are a lot of those puzzles that I've solved that weren't that wasn't supposed to be solved that way.
2: Well, <clears throat> you know, I I think that that portal is is another one of those games where um, you know, there's really there's really one, you know, one right way to do things and that's why I don't really like that game either. <laughs> It's uh I mean the story is amazing in Portal and I love the atmosphere that they create and, and the world that they, you know, that they kinda build in that game, but um I'm just not good at puzzles, you know. And, and to me like I view Metal Gear as kind of being a sort of puzzle of like try to figure out the best you know, the best way to do things, like the best order to take out guards or whatever, and I'm terrible at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know, I guess I I'll see how much I like it. Um I I still have like $30 in credit, and it's like a $40 game, so it's not a huge investment.
2: Yeah, totally. If I don't
1: like it, I'll get my money back pretty much.
2: And you, you got like a, like a shitload of credit too, right? You got like $200 in trade in, right?
1: Yeah, but that was, I mean, I traded in almost every Wii game that I own. How many games is that? Well, that was 26 of them. I kept a few. hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's also since 2006, so.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that was pretty snazzy
1: oddly enough like the one that i got the most amount of uh credit for was new super mario brothers wii oh really that one's worth almost 30 dollars in credit like to trade in so they probably sell it for like 40 bucks oh it's still 50
4: (laughs) wow yes damn it's like i love how they treat it as though it's like a rare entity when you see it everywhere
2: wow still and that game how old is that game now just like 2 years, maybe 3. Wow. Well, N- Nintendo like usually, especially with their first party stuff, they they tend to drop the price pretty slowly on uh on on their own games.
1: Yeah, I think um if I still had uh Smash Brothers Brawl, that probably would have been worth just about as much.
2: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Um the second like the one that was like a dollar less trade in credit than uh uh, Mario Brothers was uh, Mario Galaxy 2. No, yeah, yeah, the second one, not the first one. But that oh, was yeah? still over 20 bucks for, the, for each of those two. Yeah, dude. But um, I, I did play a little, about two hours of Mass Effect 3, and...
2: Oh, yeah. yeah
1: I mean, I didn't... I, I tempered my expectations going in, and it's... I mean, it's just... More of what I liked about Mass Effect 2 so far, which, I mean, I haven't even gotten my, it like, to roam around in the Normandy or anything yet. I still, I still like it. I just haven't had time to play it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's save the Mass Effect 3 conversation for the yeah. because, uh, I know at least three of us have played it, so, uh, and that's going to be, I have a feeling that's going to be a really long conversation. <laughs> so let's save that. But,
1: um, like usual, my, my, t- time that i have to play games it's it's pretty limited every week so i only have only play like a few hours at a time but i think
4: did pretty well this week awesome awesome i wanted to add when you guys were talking about uh metal gear i couldn't help but think about how long i played splinter cell before i put the controller down and went to something else oh fuck that game that game was really hard to me and like I, I remember playing it for about 15 minutes and be like fuck this <laughs> that
2: that game is even worse than metal gear in that they real in splinter cell especially like the earlier splinter cells there really is a single correct way to do things in that game and it's basically just up to you to figure out the you know just basically figure out the right way to do it asshole and uh that i hate that game for that reason like that that is that is a shitty 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 structure to have
1: oh um it's kind of similar to to uh splinter cell right <laughs> I, i'm i'm here listening but it was splinter cell not um siphon filter right
2: splinter cell we're talking about splinter cell. okay yeah
1: yeah that's what i thought <laughs> um yeah, well it just made me think about thief and i i I started up another uh level in Thief 2 and was playing that for a, a few hours earlier in the week. I I love those games. Um and the just the levels are just expansive. You could play each level for hours.
2: Well, and that that's one of the things that I like about Thief is is that, you know, it you have a a ton of different ways to, you know, approach your objective. Yeah and like
1: the up as you up the difficulty like then you can't even like some levels you can't even knock out guards or anything so you have to be, it's just pure stealth so you like explore every like little detail of every level it's great
2: yeah definitely definitely uh tj um what have you been playing this week
4: i uh, wasn't uh I think it was last week. The last thing I played was a uh, Serious Sam PFE. Oh yeah, I remember seeing your your uh, frustrated rantings about that game. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like I thought the game was, I thought the game was really good, and like the it started out really good, but I do have a short list of, I do have a a list of things that were really really annoyed me about that game (laughs) like number one i really hate uh low uh like poorly lit levels where you have like a flashlight and you're wandering around the dark i really hate games like that like if, if that's what the game is about or based on uh I, I understand it, but it still doesn't mean I like it. Like, it's depressing. Like, I like playing games where I'm, like, wandering around in a desert, the sun is out, or really, like, really pretty environments and, you know, jungle and beaches and stuff like that. Um, and you'd be out in the middle of a desert or something, and, you know, it'd be, like, beautiful outside, but then you would, you would go into... Uh, these underground caverns again, and it was just... I, I was just be like, okay, I want this just to be over with. Oh, and and another thing, too, is, like, the game started out... The game started out really fun and uh, really exhilarating, but toward the end, I wanted to... I literally wanted to put my fist through my monitor. <laughs> oh, God. Because even even on easy, that game gets fucking hard. Like, oh god, it's it's indescribable how frustrating the end level of that game was.
2: Well, and and to me that that seems to kind of be um, just a symptom of it kind of being like a a modern old school shooter. I mean, like old school shooters were were you know pretty fucking brutal, you know. And oh yeah. Maybe, maybe they just. I, you know i i mean what do you, what do you think do you, do you think it's it's a case of uh like us just kind of being um maybe pampered by modern shooters or do you think that maybe they just went a little bit overboard with the hardcoreness of it
4: after a while it was too fucking much <laughs> uh, like uh there was a uh, there's a boss not a boss is kind of like a semi boss in the game kind of reminds me of the, the Hell Knights from uh, Doom 3. Okay. And uh, they, they throw lava balls at you, and they also have a shit ton of health. Well, at the, toward the end of the game, there's, there's like a valley that you run through until you get to a wide open area where you fight the final boss. And they send five of those things after you. Uh... And, okay, you're trying to focus on these enemies coming at you. They're also sending the most annoying uh, enemy in the entire game at you on the ground. So your focus is on the big guys coming after you while they're also sending enemies your size at you. Oh my god. You know what I just ended up doing to bypass it? I just ran past all of them until it went to the cutscene and it just bypassed everything. Ah, like. Okay, understand what you guys are trying to do, but seriously come on it, it got to it got to a point where it, you know it, it becomes one of those things where you know how well, there are certain games where you don't progress till the next level till all the enemies are dead. Well, this yeah. is based on just you know they come at you in mass, so so they. They keep coming at you, and pretty soon it got to a point where I wouldn't even want to stick around to kill everything. I just want to get to the next level.
2: Ugh, I hate it when that happens. Like, at that point it's like... I I, I don't know. Like, either, either you, your game just isn't working for me or you just did a bad job making this. If I'm just trying to rush past all the shit that you made just to, like, get by, you know what I mean? Yeah, well...
4: The the two most common things that I said in that while I was playing that game are really and Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> nice. Oh and oh and get the fuck off me. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh the game made me so mad I had to I had to stop playing it because I just oh, but I mean I will say on the other hand the game looks beautiful it ran at. Uh, like uh, thirty to fifty frames per second on my machine, while still looking good, and uh, had really good music. It had a a good a good long campaign. The end. It was rewarding, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty much mindless, but uh, it was it was fun. Like it was funny in a stupid way, but um, I mean, I paid nine dollars for the game. And it was uh forty bucks normally, so I think I got my money's worth out of it, but uh, like I said, they just went like way, way overboard with the difficulty, and it was not easy. There are two to three more difficulties above that. whoa, yeah,
2: yeah, that sounds like not not something I want to do.
4: It, overall though it was uh it was a good game, but uh, uh I don't know ever know if I I don't know if I ever want to play it again. <laughs> uh well I uh
2: I played I played um a handful of games. Um being the recent uh purchaser of an iPhone, I decided to check out some of the stuff on there. I've been playing a lot of Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I really don't know how to feel about that. I, it's, (laughs) it's not the Oregon Trail that I remember. It's, it's a much different Oregon Trail that has a cash shop, which I hate. But, you know, it's, it's there, it's a thing. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I, I also played a, uh, this came out a while ago for iPhone, and it's something that I, that I... Was really interested in, and uh, so far it's pretty cool. It's a uh, it, it's a kind of a game called uh, Epic Win, and uh, basically what it is is it's like um it, it's it basically takes your to do list and turns it into an RPG. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It basically makes your your to do list into something that doesn't suck. Um, so you know you put in all your shit and you you assign how much you know experience. Each task is worth in a calendar and everything like that. And uh, as you complete those tasks, your character gains experience and levels up and gets loot. Um, it, it's basically just you know window dressing for a to do list, but it makes it kind of you know fun. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like it so far. Um, and then I guess you know the 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 biggest thing that I've been playing is uh, Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Three. From uh, good old Bioware, holy shit holy effing s that game is incredible <laughs> <laughs> oh did you like that? <laughs> yeah, that <I> game, did <laughs> that game' is amazing um i I'd say at this point I'm probably somewhere I want to say probably somewhere around like twelve to fifteen hours in oh wow yeah i I've been just balls deep into Mass Effect for you.
4: I would say that's what she said, but that was too easy. <laughs> Wait, actually, that would make sense. Just pretend I didn't say that. Okay, alright.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm having so much fun with it. I, I was really nervous at first. Um, I know that Chris had mentioned that uh, it kind of got off to a, a little bit of a slow start, and uh, I kind of felt the same way, but um, once it gets going, it's... Fuck! Fuck! It's so good! Um i mean i like i know pat you you've been playing it a little bit as well, right yeah, but i'm not that not even remotely that far into it yeah yeah i uh no um you you played one and two as well, right yeah, okay now did you did you play uh Paragon or renegade in in uh,
1: i was pretty much Paragon all the way through.
2: Okay, yeah, so was I. I, I was Paragon as well. Um, so I, I thought it was really cool to see how some of you know some of your choices were were carried over and um, I, uh, I I don't know like i, I I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun going through and seeing how they integrate old characters through because one of the biggest disappointments for me in the third game or in the uh, second game was how a lot of the of the characters from one, weren't there or just made like cameos you know um with, with a few exceptions but so so I'm, I'm i'm just i'm so happy like this is weird because games don't normally do this for me but then also i don't normally play through you know series like this that, that have so much relevance uh between each other but um you know, like, like, going through 3, I'm so happy, like, going through and finding uh, and meeting up with, like, old characters. Like, it's so much fun. I, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, you know, like, and I haven't even seen everybody come back yet, but I feel like it's not really much of a spoiler to assume that, you know, everybody comes back. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that yeah. just seems natural. This is the wrap-up of Shepard's story, so I, I feel like everybody's going to come back at some point.
1: I, I really wish I had saved Ashley instead of Aiden.
2: Uh, yeah, if Caden... not for
1: anything except for you know <laughs> eye
2: candy, I guess. Uh,
1: <laughs> and, and Caden's kind of annoying,
2: anyway. You, you know, I never, I never once used Caden um, in my party. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast that it, you know he, he was basically like a direct copy of like what my character's abilities were, so I didn't really see the point in in having both. You know. Both of us there, but, uh, right. um, yeah, I mean, for for the most part, he just kind of seemed like a dick, so I, I let him die. He he was, yeah, he was done. Uh, Chris, how about you? Uh, y- you mostly play Renegade, don't you?
3: Yeah, I played it. it. Sucked. Played what? Mass Effect 3. Oh, really? Yeah, that game sucks.
2: Oh, okay. What Well, uh... that's the, uh,
4: Bridge version.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that's the uh short version of the review um what uh what makes you feel so
3: no i don't think it sucks it's all right oh
2: oh <laughs> well okay then
3: it's all right it's kind of okay
2: like i i i, I wanted don't to think ha- it's great i wanted to ask you because you know you 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 always play renegade i always play paragon um uh, you know uh, about some of the some of the choices that get carried over into the third game um like at the end of mass effect 2 did you spoilers yeah yeah uh spoiler alert if you play if you haven't played mass effect 2 yet um did you at the end of mass effect 2 did you keep the the collector ship or destroy it i destroyed it okay so uh, when Mass Effect Three starts, the the uh, it doesn't take long before the elusive man contacts you. For me, he was giving me shit because I destroyed the collector ship. Did he? Did that choice carry over for you? Like, did he talk to you about destroying the collector ship, or, or how, yeah, how did that go?
3: Because I did destroy the collector ship.
2: Oh, so so you took <laughs> yeah. you took the Paragon choice. Yes. At the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's weird.
3: No, I'm not, I don't want to play, I don't always want to pick Renegade, I'm trying to play a a tough, tough love, sweet, sweet on the ladies, sweet on the fine space bitches, tough to the men, uh, always does what he thinks is right kind of shepherd. I'm okay. not trying to just, you know, min-max my points.
2: Ah, uh, okay, alright.
3: But it is Renegade, I have the facial scarring and shit like that.
2: Sadly... I like. I, I think that trying to play up the middle is is totally like it should totally be allowed. But sadly, I think that most RPGs penalize you for that sort of thing. Like yeah. most most RPGs force you like no. If you want to get the best of whatever, you've got to be totally a dick or totally an angel. Like playing up the middle, they penalize you, and I think that's stupid. I think it's totally possible, like you know, in real life to just you know play the middle. But yeah, the games usually penalize you for that sort of thing. Which is dumb. So how far are you into it right now, Chris?
3: Uh, about the same as you, about 15 hours.
2: Sweet. Super sweet.
3: Um, I I don't think it's amazing. I think it's very much the same as Mass Effect 2. Uh, as you probably read in part 1 of my review on yeah. Um, it's a 4 out of 5, I'll tell you that right now. Unless the end of the game fucks up pretty bad. It's going to be a 4 out of 5. What if the um, end of the
2: game is really awesome? I don't know.
1: It's still I'm... four out. Of, it's <laughs> gameplay.
3: It's a four out of five because of gameplay and structure things. It's not anything to do with the plot. Oh,
2: okay.
1: There's some it... rumblings about a, a unsatisfactory. Uh,
2: wait, is that the word? Yeah, mm-hmm. not
1: very great ending.
2: I have I've heard the ending can best be described as abrupt. uh I I don't know. Any specifics? Because I obviously am not there yet, and I'm trying to avoid spoilers. But um, so it's yeah. like a Coen Brothers film, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I
3: forget what i was saying.
2: Well, you, you, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that that you're mostly playing through this one as a as a renegade as well. I am. And uh, how's that? How's that working out?
3: That's good. Um, the I find it harder to be a renegade in this game, just based on the fact that you're trying to rally all these people, so you're trying to help people so that they join your side. Yeah, And the... I'm hesitant to, like, spoiler alert here, Pat, maybe you want to cover your ears a little bit. Um, in the Citadel, you're given this mission to bring these factions together under your yep. fleet. For and... uh,
2: Arya to lope. right?
3: do. I'm trying to be as unspoilery as possible. Oh, whatever. So, um you're You're hunting down the leaders of these three factions to try to unite them, and one of the factions wants you to ice this dude oh yeah, and I'm you know renegade tells me I could just ice this dude, but I don't want to because I can probably just keep him alive and also get him on my side, which would help me in the end game so it's it's things like that that make it harder to just you know make the renegade decision every single time.
2: Yeah, I, I think that they and it the, doesn't
3: seem like there's a uh, equal amount of benefit to you know the renegade decision as the paragon decision.
2: Well, I I feel like they they really make it uh, they they try to give the renegade decisions a little bit more um, a, a little bit more of like a, like a realistic penalty of like yeah no you could totally be the asshole here but like you know. Know full well this could come back and bite you in the ass later on, mm-hmm. because the you know the, throughout the whole game there's this whole um, battle readiness meter, and you fill that up in numerous ways by doing side quests and whatever. And so you know I, I know exactly the, the 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 quest that you're talking about, and uh, you know I, I feel like like you know killing that guy might totally fuck that up, or or at least right. detract from the overall battle readiness which right. obviously is something that you want to have as high as possible.
3: Mhm. I mean uh, mine's already pretty high and I have even, you know, about halfway through the missions I assume. And yeah, I think I'm at uh, like 75%,
2: 71%. I I'm not sure what uh story percentage I'm through. But um I you know, I I'm I'm taking a lot of care to go through all the all the side stuff and I'm I'm Making sure to do all the side missions, and um, I'm I'm playing like straight, straight Paragon, mm-hmm. which is usually harder um, because you know, like le- just in the mission that you're talking about, it would be a lot easier just to kill that guy than to go th- jump through all the hoops that you have to go through to get that mission done the other right. way. Um, but you know, I-, I think eventually it pays off.
3: Yeah, but it's just you know, it's things like that that. In the Mass Effect Two, I would never have pro- have given a second thought to just you know smoking that dude, leaving his corpse, right. you know, in, in the middle of the Citadel. But now I have to think about the end game in this kind of artificial f- meter that I have to fill up.
2: Well, I mean that that's 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 one thing that I actually like about about three is that um, th- the entire context of the game is like like you know shit's over like shit is fucked up and you know we've gotta do shit and and like i always like as i go through and and i find these you know paragon renegade choices i always think about um you know paragon shepherd is saving the saving the universe because you know he thinks it's the right thing to do and he he's he you know he's kind of duty bound uh where i feel like renegade shepherd is saving the universe because he doesn't want to die, basically. You know what I mean? Like, so he'll he'll do anything he mm. has to do just to make sure that he's you know to that, that he survives.
3: I believe survival at any cost is a you know Shepherd's words exactly. Renegade
2: Shepherd, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm really loving the uh, the, the side missions and stuff. I
3: um, I mentioned in my, I think the scanning is fucked up. I don't. I still, I'm 15 hours. and I still don't fucking get what I'm trying to do. Really? Can you? I, do I have to ping everything before I can scan it? Um, like that shit is not explained. I like I could just go to the planet, like the, I did in Mass Effect Two, and I can't scan it like I used to.
2: Yeah, not not everything is scannable. there there, there are definitely a lot of things that aren't very well explained in that game. Right. Um, yeah, scanning, basically, like, like when you enter a system, you have to write, uh, well, uh, for computer, you have to right-click to hit the scan button, like, while you're in your ship, and that'll send out, like, a ping to your local area, and mm-hmm. if there's anything valuable within the area, you'll be notified, right. and, um, you know, it, if that notification pops up, then you can, like, enter orbit around a planet and scan the planet to find something. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot that's not... I, 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 I'd prefer this to the, like, let's go to every single planet and scan and watch that little, like, spiky wave go and try to min-max that. Like, th- yeah. that that was just time-consuming. I didn't... It wasn't annoying. It was just time-consuming. I like this. It's a lot simpler. Um, and, you know, I get it, but th- there's definitely things that could be explained a lot better in this game.
3: Uh, and the I think the other major problem I have is, like, every third fucking mission you do ends with a fucking horde mode.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I have that had that experience too. It pisses me off so that much. It sucks. It sucks so yeah. much, Pat. Like you would not believe.
3: <laughs> There's this it. one where you're trying to like you're in an academy and you're you know, you're fighting your way out. And I kept fucking like I'm playing on normal difficulty. I'm pretty good at Mass Effect. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not super gamer noob tube number one, but and I just kept fucking dying because like There's dudes coming from all around. It's a circular arena. And, you know, there's huge mech things. And there's things here. And you only have three guys with you. And it's just like... If I wanted to play Horde mode, I'd get Gears of War or something. You know, I just... This isn't what I wanted from Aspect.
1: Yeah. Um, That's kind of what I was mentioning in some discussion on Facebook. Where there's, like, the different uh, difficulty levels. At this point, like, I played through, like, one mission... And I already don't care enough about like the combat and stuff that I'm probably just gonna put it down all the way to the easiest, which is called narrative. So did I don't you... think you
3: <laughs> did you play the demo, Pat? Yeah. The second half of the demo where you're waiting for the elevator. Yeah. That's the whole fucking game. That's half the fucking game right there. Yeah, waiting that's for the elevator clear this landing zone or you know, wait for this ship to show up. And, you know, wait for this door to open. And that's just all that. Combat arena multiplayer map thing, and it's just like every time you see it, it just it sucks a little bit more.
1: Oh, all the all the like fluff in that mission too was really bad too. It was like a '80s or a '90s sitcom where, uh oh, I yeah, never mind. <laughs> it's not worth getting into.
2: Yeah, al- almost every mission. Uh, that I've done so far. That's not like a main story mission, and but I mean, even some of the main story missions have done it too. Uh, almost everyone ends with like a just like a okay, you got to defend this area against you know waves of enemies. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all right, I guess I'll guess I'll do that. Um, like I'd
3: much rather do shit like spoilers. The way you get Kasumi, I'd much rather do that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That throw, was really throw cool. Throw some
3: throw some combat in there, but have me do exploration, conversation wheel things with like a little bit of combat in it. I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm not in it for, you know, a 10-minute Achilles max kind of thing.
2: There's there's definitely not enough of the like exploration investigation type stuff. That uh, yeah. that that stuff would definitely uh, the game would benefit from having a little bit more of that stuff. But um, like you know overall i'll say like i i uh, the, the humorous moments that are that are coming up I, I i'm really enjoying the humor um i'm really enjoying having the the characters back i mean this is a series that that you know i know that uh you know at least a few of us have been have been into this series since the beginning and um it, games don't generally give me any kind of you know emotional you know whatever but uh you know for for me it, it genuinely is making me really happy to uh like like you know spoiler alert uh garris comes back uh <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, it's it, it was, like, really gratifying to, uh, you know, like, like oh, no, I know where Garrus is. Garrus is where he always hangs out on the Normandy. He's down by the main cannons. So, like, I go down and talk to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, these guys probably fuck this up. So, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to calibrate this, you know, this cannon like I used to. And it's like, man, I, you know, I'm really happy that Garrus is yeah, back. It, it seems like...
3: like magic when things like that work out. And they, refer- like, when, like, I was, you know, noodling Liara in the first game. So, in this game, you know, there's lots of sexual tension between her and Shepard. And, like, Um, having the characters, you know, uh, talk about their past relationships and things like that, it it feels like it's all been planned out.
2: uh, Have you visited um, a certain character uh, in the hospital yet? Not, uh, I will say this, not the female one. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was really happy for that to happen mm. i i like you know it, like it, just that character's um explanation for why they couldn't join me and and everything like that I was like man this this not only does this make sense, but I'm genuinely kind of upset that this character right. can't join me and uh but it, it like it, it's explained very well and i i was I was really happy to see that character again like games don't do this to me, you know like if,
3: if you're not bringing a save with a full team from aspect two you fucked up yeah you're fucked up you fucked fucked up because you're not playing this game the right way yeah yeah
2: um this this game really does require you to have played the other ones i mean even there's there's
3: one person i can think of is missing and i could really give a shit that that person's missing
2: really who who is that
3: it's a black dude
2: oh jacob yeah uh
3: I I haven't seen him yet either, and no. um, people yeah, talk about him, but I there was at least a, m- a mention of him.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought that. Was, I think we're talking Kazumi, right? I think so. I thought that was really fun. Like there, there were moments where like I, like I forgot that Bioware was capable of being funny because they their games used to always have like very subtle like wit. To them, and uh, it seems like they kind of lost that over the last couple of games. But it was really funny for me to like like see that coming back a little bit, like Kazumi's like, oh yeah, well you know is Jacob back? And you're like, no. And she's like, oh well, you know that would have gotten me back on the normal.
1: Oh, so good. Wait, also Kazumi returns?
2: No. Oh, she doesn't. It, she, you will. You will engage with Kazumi. Oh, the, that's uh, what she, she said. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did they upgrade her boobs as well? I don't know. Th- no, I don't they actually know.
3: downgraded her sexiness.
2: I'm really not. I think Chris is paying a lot more attention to that sort
3: of thing than I am. I didn't point it out. Pat did. Well, <laughs> That's pretty obvious. I d- every game, I
2: definitely Liara. noticed that Liara's boobs got bigger, and I was like, why did they have to do that? And why did Ashley need a makeover? I don't think that that was necessary.
3: I don't even remember what Ashley looked like in the first two games because she played so little of a role, so it d- that doesn't bother me at all.
2: However, I will say that uh Jack's makeover, I was like, yeah, Super hot. that works. That totally works. Yeah. And and I will say that I was sad that she didn't actually Never mind, I can't. <laughs> That's right. a huge spoiler. <laughs> but I I will say that in Mass Effect 1, I romanced Ashley and then in Mass Effect 2 I romanced Jack.
0: Oh,
3: wow.
2: No, dude, Jack. Jack it's was completely
3: awesome. yeah, it's totally different I did.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the beauty of this game, is that yeah. is that, you know, like like 20 people could play this game and it would be totally different for each person. And that's but, one of the reasons I love this game.
3: Um, you know, well, that's sure not really th- totally different, it's just... Like, no, I mean, I'm sure um, there's yeah. a, a vast spider web of, you know, code under, just underneath the surface of how these things all fit together, but just, you know, seeing that your characters progress the way that you think they should everything feels like a happy coincidence, you know? It doesn't feel like there's, you know, bits of code getting sent out for you to run into this person at this opportune time.
2: No, every, everything seems like a natural extension and a natural result of the choices that you have made in the past.
3: Yeah, and, and, that, and shit, that, that, that shit, that shit is five out of five. Yeah, That's I feel what like Bioware that takes, does.
2: that takes a colossal best. amount of effort um as far as making that happen i feel like that is huge and and that it's pulled off so elegantly is amazing to me
3: i agree i think that things like that show that bioware still can do what bioware used to do and things like the arena combat shows you where maybe they cut some corners and trying to get this out the door
2: yeah yeah i agree I definitely agree with you there. I, I, I will say that I, I really enjoy the uh, the streamlined um, weapon and armor upgrading interfaces. I, I feel like those are those are definitely nice. Uh, I really don't understand and don't really like the, the weight restriction thing where like, oh, no. you went over a certain weight Ugh. so now your power is recharged
3: slower. Even just the loadout screen is not explained well at all. Yeah, there are definitely you things have to, that need to be explained where you pick, better. Where you pick what you bring with you on each mission and you know pick this thing and pick this thing and it's got weight bars and stuff that's never explained so until you fuck around with it a few times you don't really have any idea of what you're doing
2: yeah i feel like it would be very easy for an inexperienced player to just like load their shepherd up with like all weapons and you know mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. not realize why like holy shit it takes forever to me for me to be able to use my powers again. Why? What the fuck? Like, yeah, things are explained very poorly. Uh, I I will also say that the, the, uh, I I would like if the journal would better explain what you have to do next. Like a lot of the time in doing side quests, especially on the Citadel, um, it just gives you a general breakdown of like, oh, you got to do this thing for this guy. But it's like, no, where am I supposed to go next? Like, you you haven't told me where I have to go, so I'm basically just guessing at this point where I need to go next. Like, I could run around. It uh, leads
3: to a lot of you running up to people to see if you can engage them. Yeah, yeah, And so you you got Shepard just kind of, you know, snake weaving his way around the Citadel, bumping (laughs) into people. Yeah. That part kind of breaks it a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like, I know that a lot of, like, hardcore RPG players kind of uh, kind of bemoan the idea of, of, like, the map or the journal just pointing you to where your next mission objective is. But compared to what is in Mass Effect 3, I, I, th- that would be welcome. I, I, I don't like guessing where I have to go. Just fucking tell me. Just, tell me, just point me where I have right. to go next, and I'll do it. Like, I, I, do I like,
3: don't want to miss anything.
2: Exactly. I, this is this is one of the few games where I don't want to miss a single thing, and you know I play this game have played this game for hours, and a lot of it was spent just like fuck I don't know what to do. So I you know rather than like look up a walkthrough or something like that because I want to try to figure this out for myself. I I you know I'm just going to run around the citadel for an hour trying to figure out what's next, and you know it, yeah it, it could definitely do a better job of pointing you to what you have to do next.
4: I I think that this is somewhat relevant to what you're talking about, but somewhat not at the same time. Am I the only one that, like, when you're coming up to a puzzle where you're supposed to find a button or something, am I the only one that, when I don't have any ideas, I just start shooting things?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Am I uh, the only one that does that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in Mass Effect, that's not really an option, so...
4: (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely can be frustrating sometimes.
4: I don't like cryptic games. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and, and this well, this at is times cryptic. It's be. just
3: massive. It I think w- it's the problem. It's well, a scope it's, problem.
2: It's massive, but also at times poorly explained, and that's where the problem is. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I. <sighs> I like I don't get invested in games like this, but Mass Effect definitely gets me. Paragon. Paragon all the way.
3: I haven't had a lot enough chances to kick dudes out of windows yet. I'm still, you know i I got to punch the punch the jock in the face a few times, and that was pretty fun. But yeah, still still waiting on a good just you know smoking the dude behind his back.
2: Okay, now now speaking of speaking of that let, let me ask you. I you know a, as we all know a lot of a lot of people uh kind of raged at the uh James Vega character cuz they're mm-hmm. like oh man this guy he's you know he's all buff. That that, mm-hmm. that cuz that was all we knew. Was like screenshots just showed this Friend guy Prince Jr. He's 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 tatted up and he's buff. Uh so people were like oh man this fucking dude bro guy invading our game. Um, what was your feeling about that?
3: Uh, childish, I guess. Idealistic. Like, he kind of, um, he's fine. He's not a dude, bro. No, not he's at just, all. He's more, he's like an overgrown kid, I think. Like yeah. an overgrown little brother. Yeah, It's fine. I, I it's, totally he doesn't agree. bother me. His, his look, his character design could have been <laughs> toned down a little bit. Maybe just a fucking less of a neck tattoo, but... His character is okay. Don't I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, well, and that that was the thing was that that you know, at the time that all that rage was happening, all that anybody had to go on was a screenshot and right. Um you know, yeah, I went in and Well, he, he
3: looks fucking stupid. He doesn't look he like looks anybody like else in Mass Effect. <laughs> well, I just uh, yeah. in the in the you know, pantheon of Mass Effect human characters. Nobody they don't looks look like, like that. that. <laughs> so, it's kind of a dumb decision.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, he, he. I agree with you. He's definitely not, like, a dude-bro character. Um, he, uh, it, like, reading through the, uh, the the Art of Mass Effect book, um, like, they, they actually explain a little bit of just, like, they wanted a human character who looked, like, distinct from other human characters,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which, you know, to me is, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, the, like the only thing about this character that kind of grates on me is is that like he uses uh, like Latino uh, like like vernacular and nomenclature, mm-hmm. but doesn't sound Latino at all. <laughs> like, I think he, he
3: is. I think he is Latino. His name's Vega.
2: No, no. I, I, I yes. You, you're right. Like the character is Latino, okay, but like yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look. He, well, no. no, no, he he doesn't he doesn't actually sound like a Latino. Like I grew up in Southern Cal, like I grew up in an area that is primarily Latino. Like I know what Latino dudes sound like, and this guy does not sound like a Latino. This guy sounds like a white guy using yeah. Latino nomenclature. That's true. <laughs> like, and that's that to me that grates on me. But I mean, I I, well, I, I don't mean, know how many people have that experience. You know,
3: they. You know they got Freddie Prince Jr. because he's Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> they didn't get, uh, you know him because he sounds Spanish.
2: I know, I know. It, it's it's hilarious to me that it's Freddie Prince Jr. though. Like yeah. to me, it's like, like, and, and it's funny because I I went through like a like a kind of an evolution of feelings about this. Where I was like, like this guy sounds this guy sounds too white to be saying these things. Like, let's get Danny Trejo in here. But then I was like, no, Danny Trejo is like way too stereotypical. <laughs> right, I don't know, but, it, they, but isn't
1: Freddie Prince Jr. isn't he ethnic? <laughs> by what? By uh, Bonner like confused. his parent was uh, his dad was like um Spanish or Mexican. I'm not sure which. Wow,
3: what would be racist, Pat. Yeah, how is that racist? Oh, fuck. Yeah, but no, you're right. He was. He is. Yeah. No.
2: He, you're you're right, but like like my, my only but if my you close only... your
3: eyes, Freddie Prince Jr. does not sound like a Spanish guy. Yes, is the point exactly. He sounds like a white guy.
2: Yeah, and, and so and so by extension, the character of James Vega does not sound like a Hispanic guy when he speaks. Does it? That doesn't really matter, though.
3: Well, no, but it's just, it, it it's, matters it's... because he uses Spanish, uh, yeah. slang in his everyday conversations yeah
2: it like it would basically be like me like i mean i do not i'm half mexican and i do not sound like a hispanic guy it would be like like, he tries to talk like a cholo yeah it would be like hearing me talk like a cholo or use like like hispanic or latino slang like it would sound really weird if i did that and that's basically what freddie prince jr sounds like like like,
4: it'd be kind of like me walking into a sicilian restaurant and going hey come here you moop <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't heard like any
1: of his dialogue except for his introduction. So no, he, he, tried call, he tried to call.
3: He tried to call Shepard local. I told him to shut that, shut that fucking shit right now. Oh, see, I'm, oh,
1: I was did a the paradigm, right trigger
2: so... come up?
3: No, you can just tell him to not call you that.
2: Oh, okay. And oh, I, I let him. And call then he me kind
3: that. of he kind of slinks away. He goes, okay, commander. <laughs> Oh, it's I, way better. I, I, tell to put him in his fucking place. Yeah,
2: oh, I let him call me that, but like, it, it's weird because it's again, it's it's it would be like me, like I again, I'm half Mexican, and uh, you know, no, none of my Mexican friends believe me when I told them that because I, I mean, you guys know me. I don't sound, I I don't I don't I don't use Mexican nomenclature. I don't identify with Mexican culture at all. Um, it would be like me, like calling you guys like like cabron or, or, or cholo or loco mm. or homie or something. It sounds weird because I don't sound, I don't have a Latino inflection or anything like that. So it, it, that, that's how this Vega character is. It just, it, it sounds out of place with him using that kind of slang. But other than that I mean, I think he's fine. I, I never use him but, you know, he's fine.
3: As soon as I got Garrus, I stopped using him. Yep, Yeah. me yeah. too.
2: <laughs> my, my main party He can sit on the fucking ship. My my main uh, <laughs> combat party usually consists of Garrus plus one other. It's usually either Liara or I don't think we should mention who the other character is, but mm-hmm. another character.
3: Right. I have a question, or a uh, kind of a spoiler question. I'm okay. gonna talk. All right. Apparently, you can run into Jessica Chobot on a Citadel and Fuck. her and bring her oh, on yeah. to the Normandy. Fuck.
1: I already did that. Yeah.
3: You did that. I did that. Yeah, too. Yeah, that's like the last thing I, I did before I didn't before even I talk. Playing. I didn't even talk. Fucking talk. Dude, to her. it's.
2: I I, I I know that she she's considered a war asset.
3: Um, she's five points of a war asset. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. No, you're so, you're right. Yeah, I just ignored her.
2: And uh, I, I'll say that. Um,
3: Punch that reporter again, though. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> bitch. But uh, fucking bitch, Je- Eat this, Jessica. Bitch.
2: Jessica Chobot's character. Um. I don't. I haven't really felt the full effect of what she's doing by being on the Normandy. I will say that her voice acting is terrible. Like, (laughs) is Jessica Chobot actually doing the voice of that character? Yes, she's terrible. Yeah, she's terrible. She's fucking awful.
3: She's terrible at what she does in real life, so it, and yeah, you know, doesn't make that that big of an impression.
2: the 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 character model itself just looks awkward to me. Yeah. Like she's wearing like a weird kind of like tank top dress. She looks too muscular. Um, it's weird. It, it's Yeah, it's very fucking weird. And um, Jessica Chobot is not a, an accomplished voice actress, and I don't know why <laughs> they included her. Yeah, that was Fan really service. dumb. I. Maybe. It's such a horrible idea for fan service, though. Yeah, that's really terrible. I mean, like... like, uh, like, uh, uh, I know a lot of people complained about, like... Oh, man. Uh, spoiler alert. A lot of people complained about, like... Oh, uh, Edie is a robot now. Um... Yeah, and, and I was I, I was kind of on the fence about that. But then once I saw how, how it's kind of playing out so far, I'm okay with it. It makes sense as far as the story goes. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, that, that's, that's a major change, but it's okay. Jessica Chobot, why? Why did we need this? This didn't need to happen.
3: Right. And she doesn't have a point. I mean, Edie being in a body has a point.
2: Yeah, it's, it very, totally it's does. very cute and it's
3: kind of heartwarming.
2: And you can take her with you on, yeah. on combat missions. And Yeah, it's, oh, really? It's, it's, it's yeah. A nice and, story. And Joker has a crush on her. It's so yeah, cute. He's,
3: he's, yeah, you know, he kind of follows around like a little puppy dog. It's yeah. adorable. It, it's
2: very nice. That That is very nice. Jessica Chobot, what's the fucking point?
3: Right, I'm going to stand here. And she doesn't do anything like the doctor. She just, yeah. you know, fucking useless.
2: Yeah, she does not do anything at all. All right, well, uh unless you guys that have that was anything our mass else. effect
3: three fan cast
2: well i i, I knew that that conversation was going to be a long one so um well unless you guys have anything else i think we're going to go to break is that cool mm-hmm. break sounds good yep all right i really have to go pee all right so uh listeners stay tuned we will be right back Alright, we are back. The song brings in was M4 Part 2 by the Canadian band Fonce. Oh, good choice. Yeah, you know, we we have a policy, a a very strict policy of not using game music, uh, but I am not opposed to using music that exists otherwise, but that has appeared in games. Uh, That was the song that appeared in the uh, Mass Effect 1 credits, and I think that's a pretty goddamn good song.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I've, I've never, I I've, like, I've meant to seek out more stuff by them, but I never got around to it. But just thinking about it, like, anything, if, if any of their other music is like that, I would be interested.
2: Yeah, that song is really phenomenal. So, ah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got a, a, a little bit of news. Been a slow news week. Um, hey, guys, I don't know if you knew this or not from our last hour-long conversation, but uh, Mass Effect 3 came out last week. And um, in its first 24 hours, it sold 890,000 copies uh, in North America. Huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty impressive, I would say.
3: Normally, that would be shocking, but in the world of Call of Duty sales numbers, that feels minuscule.
2: That's true. That's very true. However, you know, I I will only counter that. You know, what games outside of the Call of Duty no, series yeah. do that?
3: Right. know, you're true.
2: Yeah. Um. And I guess the I, I forget what the uh, actual percentage was, but um, I, I they they did list a uh, l- like an at the cash register um, attachment rate for the uh, from ashes DLC as well, and I guess that was pretty high as well. So you know. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um speaking of that, I guess uh, I forget what website ran a story about it, but they were basically th- there was a, a brief story basically just saying that um it does seem as though the uh, From Ashes DLC was stuff that was um a-, a lot of it was basically already there and was basically just ripped out and then added back later for charge.
3: Uh, uh it they- looks like that the animation and voice files are still on the disc. Right. Yeah. Which is kind yeah. of fucked up.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, it was basically what everybody's worst fear was, was that this was stuff that was already completed um, when the game was finished and then was basically just taken out and, and you know, added back in later for charge. Um, which, yeah, pretty pretty fucked up.
3: So you have that. Have you played it? Um,
2: well, I, I have gotten the character that is that is associated with that. And yeah. uh, he's very interesting. He's a very interesting character. Um, he kind of sounds like a Jamaican with voice modulation. Huh. He he doesn't say "mon" or anything like that, but he, his <laughs> his his inflection and everything sounds like a Jamaican. Um, Has he
3: been game changing or story changing so far?
2: Um, well, my understanding is that whether or not you have the From Ashes DLC, that character is in the game, um, but he just he that's can't... not true. He can't be in your party. He can't that be. That was in your...
3: dis- That was disproven. People have finished the game and not ran into that guy. Oh really? Yeah.
2: Oh <sighs> shit! Wow, that's mm-hmm. really fucked up. Um, yeah, he, he's wow. In, in that case, that's a, that's kind of a bfd. Um, he 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 is on the Normandy right now, and I routinely take him on combat missions, and um, he he kicks ass in combat. Like, he's really good. And uh, he he provides a very interesting opportunity to learn about th- that. God, how can we avoid spoilers with
3: this? Jesus. Well, he's a Prothean. Protheans have been around forever. He's, he's a they Prothean. Became, they became the collectors who helped the Reapers. Yeah, so, yeah. This is know, basically... He, he's a, the history book.
2: Yeah, he, he is the last surviving Prothean that you find on Eden Prime and uh you know you wake him up he he was in stasis basically and you wake him up and uh he he joins the normandy crew and uh you know he teaches you a lot about prothean history and uh you know what stuff was like back then and uh he he doesn't seem to have a lot of uh a lot of uh, affection or respect for the current races
3: right kind of a racist
2: well, it's not that he's a racist. Xenophobist. It's, it's no, no, it's it's just it's more so that um you know when when his people were prominent, the species that are prominent now were very primitive. You know, like he remarks at one point like like Liara is like trying to talk to him cuz you know she's very into the protheans and stuff and she's like, "Oh, like the the uh, the, the prothean character is like, "Oh, you know, how how nice the the pro, or the uh, the, uh, the Asari learned how to write like that's that's so unexpected that's so that's so cute and uh you know like like he just he at at his time all these races were so primitive and so it's very surprising to him to see you know thousands of years later how they've advanced
1: oh hmm. uh i was just looking and there's the soundtrack that came with um like the collector's edition and looks like fonts does the the credit song for mass effect 3
2: oh very nice I I have the soundtrack. I just haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, me either. That's awesome. Well, I, you know, I I'm, I'm really saddened to uh to hear that um that that character totally is like out like from it, That's if what you I don't heard. have the I DLC.
3: Can't, I can't 100% verify that, but through forums and stuff, I've read that from a few different people.
2: Wow, that really sucks because I mean, he seems like a like kind of a major thing. <laughs> but uh wow. Wow, my my universe is shattered. Uh moving on in other news uh Tribes Ascend finally has a release date uh and that is April 12th It's coming out uh even though I mean as Pat and I have seen from playing it already it's it's it seems like it's pretty much finished already <laughs> right Pat Yeah yeah definitely Um it is free to play which is I'm really excited about that uh because it, it it's a game that I can definitely see jump just you know Jumping into when I'm bored and having fun with it's it's a lot of fun. I, I like the game a lot. So uh, yeah,
1: I still have only played like a tiny bit, uh, but well, I mean it's gonna be free to play, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it
2: will be free to play.
1: So uh, well, that'll okay. always be there for me to try sometime.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah, I, I mean my understanding is that the uh, the beta version that's out right now is essentially what the game will be when it is finalized. So, there shouldn't be any surprises when it goes to version 1.0. And uh, I do not have any other news. So, in the interest of having fun, because these are always fun for me, we are going to go into a quiz. Oh! Oh, man. You guys, I think, are going to really like this one. Or hate it. Whichever. I hate you already. Get ready to hate me even more. Uh, I, You know, I figured that with, with, the, uh, with the momentous release of Mass Effect 3... Uh, This this past week, Um, I thought this would be a good opportunity to um, go through uh, a little bit of a quiz about the 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 history of uh, Bioware, because they have such a prolific history. um, And, uh, you know, they've influenced so much in the gaming industry. So uh, we're going to have a little quiz about those guys. All right. All right. uh, TJ. uh, How's your uh, how's your Bioware knowledge? Um,
4: what's a Bioware? (laughs) Just
2: kidding. Uh, Not much. Okay. Uh, Since you've never participated in one of our quizzes, I'll give you the rules real quick. Uh, I will ask a question, and uh, you guys have um, five seconds to respond just by, you know, you, you make a buzzing noise. Uh, once I acknowledge your successful buzz in, you have 10 seconds to answer the question. Uh, if you buzz in while I'm asking the question, you forfeit your answer, and it just goes on to the next person. Um, there are a few bonus quest or uh, bonus, yeah, bonus questions involved, and um, you know wh- whoever buzzed in for the initial question gets access to that. And if you get it wrong, then you know it goes on to the next person, and so on and so forth. So, gentlemen, prepare yourselves. Bioware quiz. Question number one. What were the Bioware founders' original occupations? <sniffs> Chris. Doctors. That is correct. Medical. You have one point. Well, I, doctors is fine. You have a point.
3: But they could have been PhD yes. doctors. I wanted to make myself clear. I've med- burritos, by the
2: way. They were medical doctors, and congratulations on burritos. Thank you. All right. Question number two. Uh what was the name of Bioware's first game? Just wow. Uh Chris?
3: Bioware learn, learn to type with Bioware. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a
2: tough one. I I've like read about it, but I can it just doesn't stick with me. Uh gentlemen, the correct answer is Shattered Steel. Nope.
3: It's a mech game, right? It is,
2: yeah. It's a mech yeah. game which was uh, notable at the time for having deformable t- uh, terrain uh, as well as location-based damage. Um, there was a bonus attached to that one so I'm just going to throw that in right now. Uh, and you guys could just very well guess this one. Who published Shattered Steel?
3: <sniffs> Chris? LucasArts.
2: Incorrect. Anybody else? <sniffs> you could just guess this one. Pat? Uh, Activision? Mm-hmm. Incorrect. TJ, just throw a publisher out there. Any publisher. Uh, I got nothing. Ah, The correct answer is Interplay. Interplay published. Shattered Steel. Uh, Alright. In what RPG universe was Baldur's Gate set? Pat. Forgotten Realms. That is correct. You have one point, sir. Oh, wow. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Forgotten Realms. I never knew that. Yeah, totally. Sword Coast. Yeah, oh, I love that game. Fuck yeah,
3: fucking nerds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, we have another Baldur's Gate related question here. Um, In Baldur's Gate, there's a character named Minsk. Uh, What is the name of his pet, which is a miniature giant space hamster? Chris.
3: Space hamster.
2: Incorrect. Pat. Pedro. Uh, That is incorrect, Chris. (laughs) Miniminsk. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, man. The I can't correct think answer of it. is boo. Uh, boo. Boo, the miniature giant space hamster. Moving on. Which studio did BioWare merge with in 2005? Wow. Really? Damn. Nobody?
1: Cricket Isle.
2: Uh, no. Fuck. I know. <laughs> no, the, the correct answer was Pandemic.
0: Oh, oh fuck. Man. I knew that. It was I knew
2: pandemic.
3: got shut down like, almost immediately.
2: <laughs> pandemic. Uh, there was a bonus attached to that one too, so I'm just gonna throw Bzz. that one in here. Uh, what was the last game that Pandemic developed? Bzz.
3: Chris. Developed or released? Released. Okay. Uh, Mercenaries two.
2: Incorrect. What? Sorry. What?
1: Anybody? Some sequel to Full Spectrum oh, Warrior. I know it. Also fuck.
3: incorrect. Fuck! It's Saboteur. Yep,
2: that it is the
1: Saboteur. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they were uh pandemic was basically like they they turned in Saboteur and then EA was like sorry dudes shut down and then they released the game. All right. Uh what was the first handheld game that BioWare developed? Psst, Pat.
1: The like Sonic RPG for DS?
3: Um Bzz. yeah, the No, Dark Chronicles, get the name right. <laughs>
2: Alright, what's the name, Chris? If you can get the name correct, you will get the point. If you don't get it correct, Pat gets the point. It's
3: the Dark Crystal Chronicles. Fuck, that's... no. That's not right?
2: (laughs) No, that's not right. Fuck! Uh, The correct answer is Sonic Chronicles,
3: Dark Brotherhood. God damn it, don't give Pat that point.
2: Yeah, Pat was closer with getting it with a Sonic. Don't give Pat that point. Yep. No, you Uh,
3: asked for the name of the game. That Sonic RPG is not the name of the game.
2: He he was closer. And it was also on DS.
3: Don't give him that point.
2: Um the current <laughs> scores, uh, Chris has a single point, Pat has two points, TJ has zero points.
4: I think that means I'm winning.
2: Um if it we're using like golf, golf scores, you are winning. Uh moving on. Which graphics engine does Mass Effect use? <sniffs> Pat. Unreal. Um yes. But Unreal be- th- Three, that is correct. Very nice. Yeah. I noticed
1: on the um, on the uh, the case, like it doesn't even mention Unreal anymore. On, at least on no. Three,
3: not in the beginning of the game either.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mention yeah. any of that. I wonder if that's like a. I was thinking about. It, I was like, I wonder if that's like a licensing thing. Like if they paid more money, or since it's the third game, they've used like maybe they have a way around it.
3: I think well, Unreal has relaxed a lot of their what they require of their. Licensers too, they oh, don't even yeah. they don't even pay for Unreal Engine when they use it anymore unless they sell like a million copies.
2: Well, not only that, but I feel like I I, I think that um, Bioware has made significant modifications to the Unreal Three engine um, for Mass Effect, so I feel like that kind of gives them a little bit of leeway too. That's true. All right, let's see. N- Mass Effect One had two dlcs what were their names chris
3: (laughs) bring down the sky and the fallen star incorrect fuck
2: anybody else nope (laughs) uh all right the correct answer was bring down the sky and pinnacle station Oh. oh wow yeah, Pinnacle Station was released a lot later and apparently was not very good. It was basically just uh, wave based combat.
3: Yeah, neither one of them were that great. Uh, I thought Bring Down
2: the Sky was pretty good. Speaking of Bring Down the Sky, which alien species was shown for the first time in Bring Down the Sky? Psst. Pat. Batarian? That is correct. Good oh, job. holy shit. Yeah, go you. Which one are they? They're the ones they with lots four eyes. eyes. Yeah, they have like four eyes and very ridgy faces. They're assholes. And they have very they deep the... voices.
3: Are they the ones that are like the Black Suns? Or the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. you're right. Yeah. Okay.
2: They're very deep voices. Nice package. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, what was the name of the Reaper in Mass Effect 1? Psst. Chris.
3: Sovereign. Harbinger,
2: uh, I need a definitive answer there.
3: Sovereign Harbinger. Which one? Sovereign. What? Sovereign. <laughs> okay, that is correct. Okay. <laughs>
2: <great>. <laughs> Harbinger. Harbinger was the collector, right? No, Harbinger. Uh, Harbinger is a reaper, um, and he's kind of recognized as being like the leader of the reaper invasion. But um, the the first reaper that you encounter in Mass Effect One is Sovereign. Oh, yeah, that's right.
3: I don't remember when you encounter him. It, at the big station, right, where there's lots of rivers, and Sovereign? the Rex the thing takes place?
2: That's Isn't that we the Sovereign, ending? Right? Um, yeah. it, I believe it's actually on Vermeyer. On Vermeer is where you first encounter Sovereign and actually speak to Sovereign.
3: He's like a hologram. He tells you yep. that he's going to fuck your shit up. Yeah. He's when, like, when do you oh, meet the second dude. one? Harbinger? Harbinger? Uh, yeah. That's Mass Effect
2: 2. Yeah.
3: I don't remember that. Yeah, he controls I actually, all the, the
2: collectors. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. When when you hear that uh, that message, assuming direct control, that's that's Harbinger. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Moving on.
3: They're machines.
2: They they are actually not completely machines. They are biomechanoid. So
3: who machines. makes them?
2: Who makes the Reapers? Yes. The Reapers.
3: Who made the first Reaper?
2: That is an unanswerable question.
3: What's under the turtle?
2: I I want to say that, and this is totally speculation on my part, um, the first Reaper was probably an experiment of some sort, and uh, whoever started the experiment probably lost control of it, and uh, the, the first Reaper became self-aware and broke free, and just
3: kind what of if went humans on created the reapers?
2: I don't think that's true. I I feel like a race older than humans is that even possible? No, it's reapers. not possible. But what if?
3: No. What if that's how Mass Effect Three ends? Oh man! The humans I, I... are the reapers, and they send them back in time. No. Wouldn't that wouldn't that fuck it up? Two out of five.
2: That's not. <laughs> that's not what happened. I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. I, don't, I actually don't. It would be very cool if the origin of the Reapers was explained, but I don't expect it to be explained in Mass Effect 3. S- Skip to two weeks from now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, we have a couple of questions left. And, um, I, I think they're kind of softballs. They're-, they're pretty easy. Who is the main antagonist in Baldur's Gate? Ledge King. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Uh, Pat?
1: It's like Baldur's Son or something. I has, can't think of his has name. Has no one played Baldur's Gate? Uh, um, is it nope. an unnamed person? I no, he, he has
2: a name. He, he's oh. actually the main character's half-brother. His name is Serevok. And uh, the bonus question. Oh, there was no bonus question. Never mind. Last question.
3: Hey, did you use that reckoning armor? Sucks.
2: It's stupid. The reckoning armor sucks. is Don't so retarded. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Dumb. I actually want to talk about that. We can after this. All right. All right. There's only one question left, and uh, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be a really difficult question. Um, in Baldur's Gate, the main character's father or foster father, Gorion, is voiced by a voice actor named Jim Cummings what famous cartoon character does he also provide the voice for take a Psst, guess uh, Pat Wacka Warner incorrect anybody Jim
3: Jim Cummings
2: oh okay come on
3: does Disney come on you, you've do, got five does, seconds from now he does Disney voices fucking tailspin
2: sorry incorrect fuck God damn it. Uh, Jim Cummings uh, provides the voice for Winnie the Pooh.
3: Oh, he come is, on. Oh, okay. He is Winnie the Pooh. That's adorable.
2: Uh, and also <laughs> Tigger. He's also Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> he he was not the original voice for either, but he is the current voice for both. Oh, yeah. And uh, he did a, a very heartfelt... Um, message uh like he did like a little video to the uh to the troops serving in afghanistan like just like doing the voice of winnie the pooh and tigger i thought that was very nice
3: Alright, i'm gonna call bullshit on that question why i just wikied jim cummings and he was in fucking tailspin
2: you couldn't provide a more specific answer than tailspin he played tailspin that's not a character (laughs) it's not nope oh
3: yeah there wasn't a guy named tailspin on that show no, no. Uh, there should have been. Speaking Blue. Of,
4: Speaking of voice acting, did you guys know that uh um Bill Murray did the uh he did the voice for uh
3: Garfield. Oh it's Garfield. They did the voice
4: for Garfield, but yeah. the guy that did the original Garfield in the cartoons <laughs> did the voice Visek. of of uh, Peter Venkman. in TJ, the uh, everybody
3: knows this. <laughs> obviously not.
1: Yeah, oh I didn't know he did the voice of Venkman. Yeah, in the cartoon. Oh, that's cool. We're not all Buster. Way
3: to be late to the voice actor party, you two. No, they 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 fucking jerks.
2: They do have very uh very very similar sounding voices. It's a very funny crossover there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah.
3: Did you know what uh, Lorenzo Music's last words were?
2: Is he dead? Lasagna. His last words were I wish I never did Garfield.
3: <laughs>
2: <Wow>.
1: <laughs> I was <just> going to say <laughs> I <laughs> hate fuck Mo- you Jim Davis. I was going to say
3: I hate I hate Mondays but you guys took it a little bit deeper. <laughs>
4: That's yep, what he she said. said.
2: Hey-oh! Oh, very nice.
3: So anyway, that reckoning armor. Don't bother. Oh fuck. It.
2: That's right.
1: Um Bullshit. like I played I I started playing Mass Effect Three and did about two hours, and I was like looking through the stuff that came with the uh, the collector's edition. And on the back of one of the sheets with the the DLC code, it was like play the Reckoning demo and get the free armor. So yep. I was like, oh, sure, I'll I'll stop and I'll do that. Man, that was a mistake. <laughs> I um, you
2: actually played the Reckoning? Yeah, demo.
1: I played the demo. I was like, I'll give it a shot, whatever. I, you know, at least just just play the demo. And then I was like reading the fine print, and it, it was like. Um, armor awarded when like you have completed the demo and watched the uh, like the video that plays after you finish the demo. So I was like, okay, this shouldn't take too long. So I start up the demo, I made it through the little tutorial, and then a little pop-up comes up, and it's like, you have 45 minutes left to play. I was yep. like, oh, goddammit, I don't want to play this for 45 yeah. minutes, so <laughs> I just ran around.
3: That's where me and, and Rock shut it off.
1: Oh my god.
3: Like Fucking terrible demo, right?
1: Yeah. Like it's it really just feels like wow but with like
2: no one in it. Yeah, I mean if, if you uh. have listened to the uh to the previous episodes of the podcast, I feel the same way and they're the reason why uh there's not a new article in that series that I was doing <laughs> up. <laughs> because well, I mean, that game is harder and harder to come back to, especially when you've been playing better games like Skyrim and Mass yeah. Effect.
1: But, like, I uh, I talked to some friends about it afterward, and apparently, like, you don't have to actually play the demo to completion. Nope. Um, I could have just started up, exited, and watched the video, and it would have unlocked the stuff on my account. So I, I wasted, like, an hour and a half, and by that point, I was like, fuck games. I'm not playing anything else tonight. So that was the last time I played Mass Effect 3.
2: Yeah, and, I mean... The thing is, though, is that the armor that you get in Mass Effect Three for playing that demo is not good anyway, and it looks dumb as hell. Yeah, salt in the wounds. It's so fucking stupid.
3: It's got a full face visor. Ugh, and it, oh, that's just dumb. And it actually takes away like your health and shit from your yeah. default armor. Like, what well, the fuck? I
2: think <laughs> I think that that isn't so much a problem with with the armor with that specific armor as it is a problem of of like. One thing that I really disliked about the armor in Mass Effect 3 was that like hey, if you if you are using all N7 armor, then you get a health boost. As soon as you start taking away parts of the N7 armor, you start to lose more and more of that health boost. Why? <laughs> like like to me that seems like such a huge incentive to not use better armor because you're getting a health boost. Like that that seemed kind of kind of kind of like mm-hmm. a bad decision to me. So I I'm not using any N7 armor right now I don't think.
3: Oh really? That was, wow. Yeah,
2: that well that was that was terrible. Like no, like so so you're going to make me choose like mm do I want to get a, a health boost or do I want to get like a 10% weapons boost? You know, because ten percent is yeah. is you know nothing to sneeze at. You know that's that's, that's pretty true. nice. So like that that just seems kind of weird to like tie that into like oh if you use all n seven armor you're going to get a health boost but you know if you want to keep that health boost you're going to have to forego all other bonuses that would be given to you by other armor pe- pieces.
1: I I I don't like the I, you you guys already mentioned this but I I really don't like the weight limitation because I yeah. I can never decide what kind of weapon I
2: want to use. No, that that limitation is fucking stupid. I I really dislike that they added that.
3: But you, generally, you know what weapon you like in Mass Effect, so as long as you have the right abilities added onto it, yeah. it's not going to really that's true hurt you in the long run.
1: Yeah, I, it's been like a year now since I played Mass Effect two, and I can't remember what I ended up using the most, the most at the time. So Assault rifle. Just, yeah, probably.
2: I did not. It like. One one thing that I definitely do like as the series has progressed is the opening up of weapon usage. Like when I in Mass Effect One, I played a Sentinel, which meant I could only use shotguns and pistols that's all i could use. um Ugh. yeah, and then and then in mass effect 2 they opened it opened it up a little bit and it was like oh now you can use submachine guns. and then mass effect 3 it's like it doesn't matter what you chose, you can use any weapon you want. like it's fine. and i like that. i, I like i like having those kind of options. um as it is right now my my character runs around with i ha- i have an assault rifle, uh i have a shotgun and i have a submachine gun. and that uh that pretty much takes care of everything. <laughs> Um, well, uh, speaking
1: of aliens, I think TJ wanted to mention, this isn't gaming related, but, uh, he mentioned something about Prometheus.
2: Prometheus? What the hell is
1: that? It's the, uh, it's a, it's a new Ridley Scott movie that's, it wasn't supposed to be anything about alien, or the alien, But now now it is? Yeah, it's totally a prequel.
4: Yeah. No. No it's supposed to it's supposed to have parallels that reflect back to alien but it's a completely different mythology that's so well, like
1: dumb e- earlier in the week there was like the fake ted talk that popped up um and it was like the you know there's the company in alien um, Wayland Wayman Wayland Utah well, yeah Wayland Utah it was like the Wayland guy talking at a like futuristic ted event and like that's a total
4: like direct link right there but like i said it's not how to explain it It's. i mean even like if you go to the wikipedia page like he even says it's not a sequel like he originally intended for it to be a sequel but it's okay it started branching off into something else and what i think i mean people scream prequel cool, but i don't know if we'd want to jump to that before seeing it because it It seems to have some kind of connection to it, but not quite, because in there he does mention that you will recognize the creatures, so I guess I can't really say either way, but based on what I'm reading, he's not considering it a prequel.
2: Well, my understanding was that Ridley Scott initially started out wanting to do an alien prequel. Um, And when that kind of fell through, he started on doing a different project, which was Prometheus. And then, um, you know, he he basically said, like, no, this is not an Alien prequel. This doesn't really have anything to do with Alien. And then about a year and a half later, he said, yeah, this is an Alien prequel. Um, And and last I knew that's where that stood... Um, I could be wrong, or or maybe that has changed again since then, but, um, my understanding is that this is at least kind of a prequel, or at least it will feature the
4: alien from Alien. See, uh, I I stumbled upon this website that basically completely overanalyzes every aspect of that movie, but it's actually really cool the amount of thought that they put into it, because none of that is really explained in the movie. Uh-huh. and uh you know not to mention the whole uh the whole um sexual overtones that i didn't even notice when i watched that movie oh, like, totally! to this to this day i never realized that until i read those articles.
2: well i mean the the i uh, the, the the painting that the creature from alien is made from or is designed from or is based on it you know, it's very sexual and it's, you know, I mean it, it's it's secondary mouth is a penis in, in the painting.
4: Well, okay, the thing is though is that basically they're saying, you know, the I don't know if it was a writer or whoever but he's basically saying, I'm going to attack, you know, attack the men in the audience by using rape. And when I was watching that, I never thought about that. Like, I only looked at it from like a horror perspective. Like, I never viewed as I was watching these movies. I wasn't like closing my legs, thinking, "Oh my god, rape." I, so it's it's weird that that just never crossed my mind because I was never thinking that when I was watching that
2: movie. Neither did I. Uh, I oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead.
1: Oh, well, I think um, before I ever got in, I was never a fan of the alien stuff growing up, but I had a friend that got into HR Giger's like work and just looking through some of the books of his stuff. I was like, okay, this is pretty, uh, (laughs) there's some sexual stuff going on in this. Even before I even like seen saw any of the alien
4: movies. Yeah. I never, I never saw those parallels cross over into the movie though. I mean, really all I saw was the main character design But until people, until I read that, like, cracked article, like, I never noticed that everything, like, even the face hugger, was, like, a symbol of rape.
2: Yeah, I, to be honest, I, like, I I mean, this is really weird, but, um, Aliens is, like, like, the scene from Aliens where the little girl is, um, like stuck to the wall with the face hugger in front of her. Th- that is actually one of the earliest memories I have in my entire life. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was exposed to that at a very early age. Um, <laughs> but but the 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 whole idea of of you know the face hugger um, being you know representing rape never really occurred to me. Um, you know I I, I know that. Um, th- that 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 H.R. Geiger's works are gen in general very um, sexual and very phallic in their nature, um, but the idea of, of, of rape never really came into it for me. For me, it was just like, no,
4: it's just
2: this horrifying thing that's going to kill you. Yeah,
4: and so, so this isn't like a it isn't people just overanalyzing this. This is really, I mean, when I first started reading it, I was like, okay, these people are looking way, way too far into it. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that was my initial reaction because, like, I never even remotely thought about that.
2: Well, I mean, it it should also be noted that H.R. Geiger has a lot of, um, like, H.R. Geiger is known to suffer night terrors. Like, he, he is a known night terrors sufferer. And, uh, you know the, these these creatures are things that he has seen in his dreams, and and so drawing them was kind of a way for him to kind of cope with what he was seeing. But um, you know, I I think that that it at its base it stems from the fact that much of H.R. Geiger's art is phallic or sexual in nature. In, even if it's in kind of a a weird kind of perverted sense um and so it only it it only follows i guess that uh you know psychologically the, these creatures represent rape i mean it does make sense on like a base level like yeah a, a face hugger what is a face hugger doing if not raping your face basically yeah. so ladies <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
3: I just want to express my opinion that H.R. Geiger and Alex Gray are both the kind of. Who? Alex Gray. Who? Sorry. Alex Gray, he does the art for Tool, the band Tool.
2: Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah.
3: I think they're both from the same hacky cloth of fucking pseudo goth fat kids who shop at Hot Topic and think that they're edgy because, you know, their parents don't like their music. I, I. Fuck them
2: both. No, I I will counter your point in saying that... uh, Who's that guy who does the tool videos?
3: Alex Gray.
2: Alex Gray. Um, Alex Gray actually... uh, I I will say that HR... I mean, HR Geiger has been doing this for longer since the goth movement has existed, really. Um, So, I mean, if anything else, he inspired the things that inspired the goth movement. But Alex Gray actually uh, rips off a lot of his style... Uh, from a very famous filmmaking duo called the Brothers Quay, uh, twin brothers from uh, Pennsylvania who do, like, stop-motion animation bullshit. And, um, yeah. But but you're right. Alex Gray, I will definitely say, kind of inspired, like, a, a very, like, shitty goth movement. But HR It's all, guy... like, the
3: same fucking Tim Burton stripes and dark and, you know, fucking <laughs> eyeliner bullshit. It's just, like, it's the worst. And I think Alien is cool. I mean... The designs are really neat and horrifying.
4: Yeah, it totally it has
3: it has a good, unique vision, but even if, you know, this Giger guy has been doing it a long time, he's part of that world, whether he wants to be or not.
2: Yeah, I think I think that he is is kind of unintentionally associated with that just by virtue of the fact that he has he it, like he has inspired the people who kind of influenced or inspired the goth movement, you know. Um, and I mean, same thing with the Brothers Quay. The Brothers Quay are are uh, they inspired the guy who did a lot of the Tool videos um, to to the point where a lot of people who look at like uh, like late nineties, early aughts uh, to um, Tool videos. Think that that is Brothers Quay work, and it's this other fucking guy who just basically just ripped off their style. But I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think uh, some of H R Geiger's stuff is is really cool. Like he has this one. I really wish I could get a print of it. It's called Birth Machine. It's basically just like a like a. Um, uh, like a schematic of like a like a 45 but all the bullets are like fetuses ah man he's so cool i like i I like hr geiger just because like he was around before any of that other shit existed like the goth bullshit like i don't know
4: it's one thing one thing i wanted to add is i I found that page i was talking about with this guy that just writes this whole thing over analyzing this movie i want to know what your guys response is to this because it's something i never thought about you guys ready okay okay here goes the crew of the Nostromo went to the planet because the Nostromo's mainframe computer supposedly detected a signal from the Derelict. According to the novelization of Alien by Alan, Dean, Scott, this signal was a warning. In fact, it was not only a warning, but once fully decoded, it included full details about the whole xenomorph cycle. Hence, at some point, it appears that the Derelict is trying to warn travelers about the kind of cargo it is carrying. However, the above in his... The above is in contradiction with the fact that the derelict included the laser laser mechanism to alert the eggs for the presence of external life forms. If the derelict truly intended to warn space travelers about the danger of approaching, it should have also shut down any mechanisms which supported the eggs, rendering them benign. Neither could the derelict set up the egg-alerting laser in a short time, such as the time it would take the chestburster to come out of the pilot.
2: Well, I, I think that's a really good point and I, and I hope that Prometheus will kind of explain some of that because it has been said in the past that Prometheus will in some way explain the origin of the alien species. And also the star jockey species. You know, that big-ass creature that they find that's in the chair that's dead and fossilized.
4: Yeah. I don't know, I just had never thought about that before because I wasn't in the impression that it was supposed to be a warning, but I mean, why would it send out a warning if it knew about the cargo it was carrying? Oh,
2: man. I, I feel like that's a, a whole other discussion that we could have that is probably not fitting for a podcast, but that that, that is a whole other discussion that we could have that I, I would love to have with you because, yeah, there 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 are a thousand directions that could go.
4: Yeah, and another, this is a small part, too. The der- another thing he adds here, which is pretty interesting, kind of creepy, the derelict's horror doesn't end there. What happened, for example, to the creature which killed the pilot and burst out of the pilot's chest? Oh, shit. Yeah.
2: That's... Nobody knows.
4: Since the moon yeah. visited was barren of life, but drawing parallels from most subsequent sources which reference the evolution of the xenomorph, like emergent xenomorphs tend to acquire the biological traits of the host organism. If this happens to be the case, it is safe to assume that the organism which bursts out of the pilot's chest must necessarily be a mini copy of the derelict, a mini derelict escaping into outer space and nowhere to be found. Oh
2: God! Whoa! Yeah. Okay. That, that's I really never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you look at if you look at the the history, at least in movies of the uh, of the xenomorphs, they they t- take on. In some ways, the traits of the being that they were birthed from. Um, I mean, if you look at at the the xenomorph from Alien and Aliens, they're largely you know bipedal creatures. And then if you look at Alien Three, that creature was birthed from a dog, or in the director's cut, a uh, an ox. And so it's more like quadrupedal and more animalistic. Um, so you know, a creature that was birthed from that massive Star Jockey creature would be huge.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: Wow. I really hope that Prometheus explores these things.
4: Well, I don't know, like I uh and I know this is kind of silly, but uh I was looking, I saw a comment on the uh, on one of the YouTube trailers and someone mentioned the uh um the fact that's called Prometheus and uh wasn't uh, Prometheus didn't he uh teach man how to make fire and then he was punished for that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, in Greek mythology, Prometheus um, stole fire from the gods and taught man how to make it, and was punished. I don't know. I'm that looking was... forward to this movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie. I agree. Was awesome. Well, on that note, I think we are going to go to break. So cool. we'll be right back. are back uh pat what was the song bringing us in that is rich woman by
1: robert plant and Alison krauss from their album raising sand
2: i really like that song that song the beat, That's really good everything about it grabs me
1: like yeah that. the uh the guy that produced that album um it's like t-bone something it's like the super white guy but he's um he won like tons of grammys for that album did oh, really? a really! Amazing job
2: producing it. Yeah, well, it's really good. I like that song. That song is like I—I I really. It's hard for me to place like what exactly about that song grabs me, but um, it, yeah, it does it. It's good.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
2: All right, so uh, let's see what is up on the site right now. Uh, our buddy Dan Smith wrote a very interesting article basically like a i, I don't want to say coming out because that has other implications but you know kind of a you know his own coming forward about his own world of warcraft addiction um apparently it's a lot worse than i had ever expected i mean i, I like i knew that he occasionally play, played world of warcraft but um you know apparently it's bad it's really bad, yeah, I kind of skimmed that, and it sounded really bad yeah, yeah, i mean it it, like it really does sound help. <laughs> well yeah, I mean it really does sound like a textbook example of you know world of Warcraft addiction, although you know he I guess the main separating factor is that he is actually a person who can recognize that he's addicted to it, unlike so many other addicts, yeah.
3: But he's still in there for what? it's Like eight hundred hours or something crazy? Something like that.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. I I have been working with Dan to try to find projects for him uh, that that maybe will distract him a little bit from World of Warcraft because it. I mean, like it, it seems to me, for, just from the tone of the article, you know, it seems like yes, I am someone who is addicted to this, but I don't want really to be addicted to this either. <laughs> so. Uh I I'm, I'm you know I'm kind of working with Dan to try to find some other stuff for him to do. That's good. Yeah, I have a lot of animosity toward MMOs, uh which should be <laughs> evident if you've listened to the show at all ever. Um mostly because of the life destroying potential that they have. I I think that they are just just absolute life destroyers and I I honestly wish that nobody would ever play them ever because it just it by their very nature, they require so much of a person as far as your commitment and time that, um, you know, unless you legitimately have no other commitments, um, you know, you can't do it right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly that. Uh, Other stuff that's up on the site right now. uh, Our good buddy Jones uh, published a... Uh what we're hoping will be a new feature uh series called Long Overdue Reviews. Um this one of Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> and uh I, I think Chris said it best that uh Duke Nukem Forever does not deserve a review this good. It was a fantastic yeah. review for a really shitty
3: game. This is so, well written. He did a very good job on that. For yeah. his first first thing ever.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that Jones has ever written for us, and um, it's it's phenomenal. It's, it's a great review for a really bad game. Yeah, did you guys have to do anything as editors to that?
3: I, nope. I took out some heading and some formatting stuff, but other than that, it was all the text was great.
2: Yeah, wow. yeah, I, I didn't have to edit the text at all, so it was fine. Yeah, he did a great job on that, so thank you, Jones. Uh, the only other thing up we've got right now is um, Chris's part one for his uh, Mass Effect three review of two parts, right?
3: Yes, two parts. The second uh, one will be more about the story and the trilogy and how it all wraps up.
2: Are you going to wait until you finish the game to do part two, or are you just how are you? Yeah, no, it'll be
3: done next week. Okay.
2: Cool. Cool. Super cool.
1: And those are—is is it going to be relatively spoiler-free all the way through,
2: or? Yeah, it will be. Okay. Cool. Yeah, part one was pretty pretty free of spoilers as much as yeah. it could be. Yeah. All right. Uh, stuff that's going up on the site. I was contacted recently by uh, by a rogue writer um, who wanted to do a lot of uh, MOBA coverage for us. You know, games like Dota and uh, Heroes of New Earth and League of Legends, those sorts of games. Uh, it's a genre of gaming that we don't really cover in general. And um, I was contacted by someone who's very, very balls deep into that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, um, so hopefully uh, within the next week or so, we should have the first um, first article um, about that stuff going up with the release of Mass Effect Three, I I was kind of inspired. Uh, I'm going to start and hopefully finish this week a uh, an article, basically just talking about um, you know my personal choice as to why I like to play the good guy in games that give me that option as opposed to playing the bad guy. I like it. Be prepared, Chris. Because Chris plays a monster, basically. That's no, fine.
3: No, it's because you're a fucking Boy Scout in real life. You're too nice to people, and that's your problem. And that's you carry that in the video games. It's not surprising to me at all. I, you're, too, I, you're too nice in real life. You're not going to be... Well, if you were nice in real life and then crazy in video games, you, that would be like I a sociopath.
4: I wouldn't go so far as to say that. It really depends on who you're dealing with. I, I would say
2: exactly vice versa of what I said for you. Fight. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, in general, you know, like in, in, in everyday life, I feel bad for being mean to people in real life and that extends into video games. I, I feel bad being a bad guy in video games. Um, you know, Chris is a heartless monster in real life and <laughs> right. that extends into that games through. too. <laughs> so, um, it's it, good it, to be consistent. It'll, it'll just be kind of a, a deeper, uh, it's, it's more of just like a like an, um, and oh, I can't think of the right word. Reflection? A, a reflection, an analysis of, of why that happens, why I do that, um, and speculation. as to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it'll be all right. It, if it turns out half as good as I have written it in my head, it'll be okay. Uh, Chris, you, you said you'll have part two of your game, uh, or of your uh, review going up next week, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, as far as I know, I think that's pretty much it. So uh, unless you guys have anything else, I think we're going to close this bitch out. Sounds good. All right. Chris, would you like to say farewell? Bye. (laughs) All right. Uh, Pat? Peace. DJ? Nighty night. For all the staff at knownegriefers.com, my name is Rock. Have a wonderful evening. So
0: please turn on your magic beam, Mr. Sandman bring us-